Hello, everyone, and welcome to not just another episode of Lords of Limited, but the Streets of New Capenna Crash Course. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, are you ready for some new format energy? I am. I'm very, very excited. I, uh, I'm i feeling like woefully behind. I had a pretty full weekend. Um, so I've been trying to like play catch up even this just this morning. I was adding some stuff to the show notes, figuring out my top commons. Um, so I'm excited. I haven't gotten to talk to anybody about this format yet, about the cards. Excited to pick your brain about it. Usually I do my uh, set review with Alex prior to talking to you, but I'll be doing that at the start of next week. So yeah, I'm very, very excited. How about you? It's good. We get that straight, unfiltered Ethan Sachs opinion. No, no tainting of Alex getting little, <laughs> little earworms in your head there. We just get the good, raw Ethan Sachs opinions. I love it. That's that's right. All the three mana one fours will be graded as B pluses <laughs> appropriately, and uh, and we'll be good to go. Speaking of one fours, how about that Glittermonger? Eh, is that the one that makes treasures? Yeah, one four yeah. taps to make treasures. I can't imagine that that card is good, but if it is, I'll be very excited. Oh, I hope it's good. I think it's really good. <laughs> four, four mana, one four, though. Yeesh, yeesh, those stats. Creatures are um, small in the format. It'll be fine. They are really small. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's get right into it. We got about a full episode here for you today. If you've never joined us for um, set review season, we do things a little differently here on Lords of Limited. We do not do a sort of card-by-card grading show. Uh, we figure you can get that elsewhere. We also have, in fact, graded all the cards here uh, in a spreadsheet that we'll share where you download the show. Um, so Ben and I have graded the cards separately, and we'll get to those grades a little later. But first thing, we'll be just looking at big picture stuff, looking at uh, the removal versus the creatures, how those lines Line up in terms of their mana value, what removal kills what creatures at common or uncommon. We'll look at all the mechanics, how they're spread out, what what appears there, what the sweepers are, what the incidental life gain is, what you know flying and reach there is. All that good stuff to give us as much like big picture ideas of the format as we can. Then we'll get to our individual grades of each of the cards and look at the cards where Ben and I had at least two gradations of a difference or more uh, for those cards. So if I gave something a C minus and Ben gave it a C plus because he's ever the optimist when grading cards. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about that card, and then we'll get to ranking our top commons and uncommons for each color. Anything I missed there, Ben? No, I think you gave the rundown. I am ready to get into it. Sweet. Well, let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping first. Let's talk about the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to give back to the show. The show is always free, but we like to throw some perks out there for folks who want to give back to the show. Keep us doing what we're doing here. Um, a lot of great stuff over there. You can get access to the show a day early if you want. You can get access to our show notes. You can get access to a private section of our Discord. And of course, everybody gets access to the Discord, which is the place to be at the start of a new format. Very excited to see all those sweet paper screenshots of everybody's pre-release next week. And then, of course, in two weeks when we get to dive in online and we want to welcome our patrons the first week that they join so this week we are welcoming kevin ben neo tim justin daniel trevor john lionel michelle fed hogar and patrick thank you thank you thank you we really appreciate your support yeah cannot say thank you enough there were a few folks that came into the discord that were like oh man i gotta see what's going on in here you know we've just been talking <laughs> up for a year two years so if you too are curious about what's going on in the lord's limited discord what are you waiting for? New set time is the best time to get on in there. Head over to patreon.com. Speaking of sponsors, the show is also brought to you by Channel Fireball, channelfireball.com. Best place to go for anything and everything you need magic related. There's a bunch of stuff going on there because the new set's coming out over for Channel Fireball too. They've got Streets of New Capenna pre-orders and they are giving away a box of Streets of New Capenna to anyone who makes a purchase in April. Not one per person, but they're having a <laughs> giveaway for Streets of New Capenna box. That'd be pretty absurd. You make a purchase at CFB, get a box of Streets of New Capenna. You love it. Deals. 
So if you need <laughs> that, if you need singles, maybe for some paper pioneer decks now that the Pro Tour is back, whatever the case is, they've got lots of sweet stuff going on. CFB Pro, if you want new strats for standard, do people still play standard? Is that a thing? I think, that, I think they do. Sometimes people love it. Sometimes people hate it. At least that's what I can tell from the, the Twitter discourse. So if you need standard singles, if you need standard strategies, get on CFB Pro. There's articles from pros every month. If you want limited content that's in written form, I write, Ethan writes, Alex writes. And in addition for CFB Pro, if you sign up for $9.99 a month, you get that amount back in store credit, or you can just sign up for a flat five bucks a month. And they do weekly giveaways for all the CFB Pro members as well. So for anything that you do over at Channel Fireball, please make sure you use code LOL, all caps, to let them know that we sent you over there. There was also a sweet CFB Pro only thing last week, I think, was uh, reduked at an AMA in the CFP Pro Discord, I guess it was, which is really, really cool. So just like extra perks like that um, when you sign up. So really, really awesome stuff happening over at Channel Fireball. Do you feel close to Reed as a fellow Jund brother? I do. I was <laughs> in anticipation <laughs> of uh, the new set. You know, there's always like a sort of lull, especially last week. I was like, well, the cube's not out yet. And I started like messing around with designing a Jund cube. Um, and I was like, I wonder if Reed will want to collaborate on that with me at any point. <laughs> but it just feels crazy that I even am in a position where I could just ask Reed Duke if he wanted to like design a cube with me. It's kind yeah, of wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. Yeah. All right, let's get into the stats, baby, for Streets of New Capenna. So first things first, we're going to look at uh, the average creature power and toughness and the removal and the creature mana value. So the average creature power and toughness, it's actually a little interesting here. Uh, it's 2.51 for the power and 2.42 for the toughness. And this is all the stuff that we're going to look at except for maybe the sweepers in the format all the stuff we're looking at today is just commons and uncommon so of the 95 total creatures that common or uncommon which is actually a little lower than we're used to um but i think that's because a lot of stuff you know some some things make one one tokens or whatever so you know that's not quite all the so the creatures that you'll be seeing but all the things that are actual factual creatures um are 95 at common or uncommon so 2.51 slash 2.42 for average power and toughness we don't usually see a higher power than the toughness in this average that's what i was gonna say is this the first time ever i feel like it is well and it, i'm not surprised because there's so many two ones and three twos in the format and three ones yeah there's a lot yeah. of x ones <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of, yeah, yes, a lot of excellence. We'll get to that in just a second. So to give you a sense, and, and Neo was sort of weird because of like how the sagas were and yada yada, but Neo was a 2.31 slash 2.62. And that was usually like that. You're usually a format of, you know, effectively two threes or whatever. But this one is uh, is weighted towards the power. Yeah, sweet. And if we look at the average removal converted mana cost or mana value, excuse me, we got to update that in our show notes. The average <laughs> removal mana value is 2.92. And in comparison, Neo was 2.65. So the removal is going to be less efficient than what you saw in Neo. And you're going to be paying a pretty price for it. Mm -hmm. And the average creature mana value is 3.32. So on average here, you'll be paying a little bit less to kill something than you will to cast something. But obviously, there there's a lot more factors uh, to, to take into consideration. And one of the things we want to look at is, well, what removal hits what percentage of creatures? So we'll move up the toughness rankings here, starting with X1s. First removal spell we've got is Grisly Sigil. It's black for a sorcery with casualty one. Choose target creature or planeswalker. If it was dealt non-combat damage this turn, Grizzly Sigil deals three damage to it and you gain three life. Otherwise, Grizzly Sigil deals one damage to it and you gain one life. 
There's also Night Clubber, which is one black black for a 2-2 at Uncommon. When it ETBs, creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one until end of turn, and it has a blitz cost of two and a black. There's also other things, right? We always want to remind people, not only are we looking at actual things that, you know, give minus one, minus one, or deal a damage, but just things that, like, punish X1s, like 1-1 tokens that are free or tacked onto something, something like Corrupt Court Official, that's the new Virus Beetle, one on a black for a 1-1, ETBs your opponent discards, like, things that have... Of the battlefield or leaves the battlefield abilities that then like trade with a 2-1 or a 3-1 and, and make those feel you know less efficient or whatever those are the cards you want to look out for there are 28 total creatures with toughness one in the set which is 29 percent of the creatures so almost one out of three creatures these cards are going to be hitting that's huge that nightclubber card is wildly powerful i think yeah nightclubber is absurd and just citizen tokens are going to be trading things or problems yeah. on defense yeah, so I, I'm a little wary of the one toughness creatures in the format right now just because of all that. Um, but obviously, early days and, and who knows how things are going to look. Moving up the ranks to two toughness creatures, I, I believe there's only one thing specifically that targets two toughness creatures, and that's light them up. One on red for a sorcery with casualty two, and it deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. And there are 29 creatures with toughness two, which when you combine them with the X1s, light them up is going to hit 60% of the creatures in the format. That's much higher number than i would have thought yeah usually when we get to this it's about half but i think because of you know how high the one toughness creatures are that's going to make this a lot higher too so yeah at 60 percent, that's that's higher than we usually see so maybe light em up's a little better than it looks is that just going to be a two for one I, I mean, it just depends how easy it is to enable casualty two, which I'm not sure it will be. But yeah. I think if you if you get to do that, if that feels doable or whatever, maybe maybe it's more of a synergy card. But when I I think when you get to do that, it is going to feel quite good, especially if there are that many low toughnesses floating around for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on to the X3s. First thing we've got up here is Strangle. Single red for a sorcery deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. There's Deal Gone Bad, which is three and a black for an instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. And then target player mills three cards. And then at Uncommon, we've also got Call in a Professional. That's two and a red for an instant. Players can't gain life this turn. Damage can't be prevented this turn. Call in a Professional deals three damage to any target. So there are 16 creatures with Toughness 3, which brings us up to 73 total or 77% of the total creatures. Moving on to the X4s. First removal spell we've got here is Knockout Blow. This is two and a white for an instant. Costs two less to cast if it targets a red creature. Knockout Blow deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature, and you gain two life. There's also Whack, which is three and a black for a sorcery at Uncommon. <laughs> target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn, and it costs three less to cast if it targets a white creature. That's such a clean mafia-themed removal uh, yeah, spell. Yeah, agreed. We've also got Ominous Parcel, single mana for an artifact that's got the ability to tap, sack, search your library for basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. That's not going to kill too many creatures. But <laughs> the second ability is five tap, sacrifice Ominous Parcel, and it deals four damage to target creature. So then there's also 16 creatures here with toughness four, which brings us up to 89 total or 94%. Moving on to the X5s, we've got a Ready to Rumble, which is four and a red for a sorcery. You choose one, it deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker, and then you destroy or destroy target artifact. You don't get to do both. Uh, and then there's Maestro's Charm, which is blue, black, red for an instant, and one of the modes is deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker. So there are four creatures with toughness five, which brings us up to a total of 98% of the creatures. There are not a lot of big boys in the format. 
Yeah, only two creatures with toughness six, nothing specifically targeting uh, six damage, but plenty of things as, as we'll uh, get to in a second. And we'll have a removal tab in the spreadsheet where all of our grades are. So you can also look at all the removal spells that um, we took into account here. One other thing that I wanted to check out was uh, mana value three or less, because one of the modes on Obscura Charm, which is white, blue, black, is destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. Um, there are 57 total creatures at common round common with mana value three or less, and that's 60% of the total. So that's going to hit, again, a good chunk of the creatures. Now, do those creatures end up mattering? Who knows? Well, we'll have to find out, but that's the raw stats there. So looking at the removal now in a little bit broader strokes, what do we have going on there? Okay, so there are 26 removal spells at common or uncommon. Neon Dynasty had 20. The the big gap here, the reason why there's so many more, is because of the five charms at uncommon. All of them have a mode that is a removal spell, so that's why we're seeing such a, a big increase there. Um, the average removal cost, as we said, is 2.92, which is a little bit more than we paid in Neon Dynasty, which is 2.65. We have 10 of the removal spells being at common, 16 at uncommon. But, you know, really, if it was a normal set, there'd just be 11 because, again, those five charms are boosting those stats there. And as far as noteworthy things about the removal, all five colors are getting multiple removal spells at different rarities, which is pretty sweet. And black doesn't have its usual, you know, lethal exploit type kill a small thing spell at common. It's really just murder like one black black kill a creature and then deal gone bad the minus three minus three but at four mana that's not really a cheap efficient removal right. spell yeah so it's got the grizzly sigil as we talked about that deals one damage um and then you know if you use the casualty ability then you can you know deal potentially four total to something um or or three just straight up if it was dealt non-combat damage somehow um but yeah so that's pretty sweet that all five colors are getting you know multiple removal spells at both common or uncommon like green has a fight spell and then a bite spell effectively and then obviously all the charms are, are stuff so there's a lot of removal floating around now whether or not removal will be good in this format is another question do you have any opinions on that right now ben Ooh, you want the hot takes early huh i, I mean i i saw your twitter feed you were throwing out <laughs> the best the best hot takes i was so delighted every time i opened twitter and saw <laughs> like just your just your amazingly trolly hot takes about the format so good it's so fun. I can't just new formats. I love new cards. Love evaluating <laughs> new cards. Yeah. Getting everybody all riled up. I don't yet, which is, I guess, boring, but I, it's yeah. way too early to say I'm going to go in assuming that the good efficient removal spells are good and that the clunky removal spells are not a priority. Yeah, I'm going in with the take of and maybe it's just convenient because we just were in a format where removal wasn't that good slash important. But my gut with some of the commons being really strong two for ones, like the green three, three, like the white two, one that draws you a card, et cetera. Like, I think that we're seeing a lot of two for one style creatures in the format so far, um, or at least that's my sense so far. And that makes me think that the removal is not going to be that good. And so I'm sort of, you know, going in feeling like I want to be doing my thing more than I want to be disrupting my opponent's stuff. That's fair. I do think the one take I have about removal is that the aura based removal looks borderline unplayable to me with casualty. Yeah, that's really rough, I think, to to have those cards or um, even sleep with the fishes at uncommon, like some of the stuff that's going to just let the creature sit around on the battlefield. There's too many things to sacrifice it to. Yeah, I'm probably too high on sleep with the fishes. I was like, this is basically like a fiend hunter. So so maybe that's maybe I should bump that down. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later. So uh, to 
talk about the things that we didn't count in removal. Um, there were three counter spells in blue that didn't make the cut. I did not count witness protection. That's the blue aura that like turns a thing into the uh, legitimate business person. One one. <laughs> um, I did not count artifact enchantment destruction, like broken wings, which can kill an artifact enchantment or a flyer. And then I also didn't count the two sacrifice effects in the format incriminate, which is uh, you choose two creatures controlled by a player and uh, they choose which one they sacrifice. And then fatal grudge, which is uh, red, black sorcery as an additional cost to cast it. You sack a non-land permanent. Each opponent chooses a permanent they control that shares a type with the sacrificed permanent and sacrifices it. And then you draw a card. Um, so those didn't make the cut. I did count the two blue quote unquote bounce spells because one puts it on top or bottom, so that's worth a card, and the other one draws you a card, so that makes it worth a card. So those made the cut. Yeah, sweet. I like incriminate a fair amount as a removal spell, but fine to not make the uh, the removal stats there. Yeah. Um, all right, sweet. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll be back to talk about the keywords and archetypes. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when we first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, we thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash lol. That's mintmobile.com slash lol. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash lol. And now back to the show. All right, we're back here and we're ready to talk about our first keyword slash archetype support in Blitz, which is the mechanic that lets you pay an alternate cost for a creature, put it onto the battlefield with haste, and then at the beginning of the end step, you have to sacrifice it, and whenever it dies at any point during the turn, you draw a card. So there are eight cards total at common or uncommon that have Blitz, two green, four red, and two black, and then an even split of four commons, four uncommons. And there aren't really cards specifically that care about you blitzing, but there are cards that care about you sacrificing creatures, which is going to be an overlap between blitz and casualty as far as like red, black, green for the Riveteers and red, black, blue for the Maestros. Blitz just seems like a great mechanic to me. Really? I don't know. Maybe I might be too low on all those cards. It feels awkward to just do that and not build out your board, right? It feels like, I don't know, lava spiking the opponent's face, right? Well, but I think the fact that you draw a card from it really makes a difference. But the, the thing you remember is like, you don't have to blitz, right? If you don't want to, if you want to build out your board, then just cast the creature. If you, you know, if the creature has been outclassed and you just then want to cycle it, like it lets you go like, oh, I just drew my two drop and it's not very good. I can blitz it and it cycles. Like that modality, I think is pretty powerful. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. So some of these sack outlets, first one we've got is Body Dropper, black, red for a 2-2. Whenever you sacrifice another creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Body Dropper, and you can pay black, red, sacrifice another creature to give Body Dropper menace until end of turn. And speaking of menace, that card is going to be a menace in this format, I think. Yeah, you're really high on Body Dropper. That It looks so good to me. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that card shakes out. Uh, in terms of sacrifice payoffs, we've got Forge Boss, which is two black red for a 3-4 at Uncommon. Whenever you sacrifice one or more other creatures, Forge Boss deals two damage to each opponent. This ability triggers only once each turn. So, you know, blitz out something and then draw a card from it and then deal two damage. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We also got the Lords of Limited preview card, Involuntary Employment. Three and a red for a sorcery, gain control of target creature until end of turn, untap it, it gains haste, and then you create a treasure token. So get that at uncommon for some sweet steel and sack action, potentially. Uh, next up, we've got Connive. Uh, that's the ability that's tacked onto creatures when they ETB. Uh, I guess there's one that's repeatable, but um, it lets you loot. So you draw a card, then discard a card. And if you discard a non-land card this way, uh, you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature. There are five blue, two white, and two black. So this is in the, what's that, Obscura Obscura uh, family. family. Boom. Um, And there uh, is a split there of five commons and four uncommons. And there's only one repeatable way to connive, which is Hypnotic Grifter. It's single blue for a one-two human rogue, and you can pay three mana to have Hypnotic Grifter connive. Other than that, they're almost all one-shots. And just in general, we'll look at it a little later, there are not many mana sinks in this format. Hmm, okay, interesting. So do you think... That makes connive better or worse? Um, I think connive's fine. I, I'm not particularly hot and bothered about connive either way. I think it's a good mechanic, but it does make me view hypnotic grifter slightly higher because I thought it was total garbage, but I think maybe mm-hmm. there's going to be a place for it if you really want to connive. Interesting. Okay, sweet. And again, similar to blitzing, there's no cards specifically that care about you conniving, but there are cards that care about five different mana values in your graveyard, as well as drawing multiple cards a turn. And there are cards that care about having counters on creatures. So it's sort of weird, like in that the mechanics themselves that each of the families have don't necessarily like usually it's you do this thing and then you find cards that want you to do this thing. But there aren't going to be cards that want you to blitz or want you to connive or want you to casualty. But what there are in the allied color pairs are commons and uncommons that are like two colors that overlap kind of in the in the middle design space between two of the mechanics. So for blue white, where you overlap between the brokers and obscura, that's caring about the counters. So the plus one plus one counter you get from connive and the shield counters that you get from the brokers. Mm, Okay. And then on the blue black side of things, you care about the five mana values in your graveyard and you can do that on the overlap between potentially sacrificing things to casualty or discarding to connive interesting okay so the allied color pairs sort of like work in tandem with each other when they are like joined in the family right so you've got the casualty and the sacrifice stuff to get the mana value whatever five different mana values in your graveyard right which is sweet because wizards isn't really punishing people for not knowing what to do in three yeah. color formats right so if you they're they have the allied color gold commons to just kind of point you in the right direction and then those allied color gold commons naturally kind of can branch off smoothly into both of their family's mechanics. Sweet. Okay. Um, So there's only five cards that care about having the five or more mana values in your graveyard. One blue, one black, and then three that are blue-black. Talked about one last week that's Snooping Newsy, which is blue-black for a 2-2. When it ETBs, you mill two. And as long as there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, it gets plus one plus one and has lifelink. There's also Syndicate Infiltrator, two blue-black. This is an uncommon 3-3 flyer. If you hit that benchmark of five or more mana values, it gets plus two, plus two. That's huge. That is huge. I mean, already, like, I mean, four mana for a 3-3 flyer is fine. Four mana for a 5-5 flyer is, that's dragon status right there. And then in the actual Obscura family, we've got 
Keza Augur of Agonies, which is one white, blue, black for a 3-4. Whenever you draw a card, target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So that's just going to trigger on your turn. And then if you are conniving, you just build your own personal drain to gain to every turn, which is really tough to beat. Yeah, I, I like that card quite a bit. And I think just these five or more mana value things, you know, it seems difficult to do at first glance. But the more I thought about it and the more just talking to other people about it while I was streaming or in the discord, I don't think it's going to be that difficult. It's going to be doable, right? Because the sack lands so. are going to be mana value zero. So then you only have to have four different ones. And honestly, four different mana values seems easier to do than delirium. Like if you just assume that the land is free because you're drafting well, and you pick those Evolving Wilds family complexes pretty highly, I think it's going to be really doable. Yeah, I think so too. That's that's my feeling. I was like, I feel like I could go in and think about this like City's Blessing, where I was like, that's going to be impossible to do or whatever. That's so hard. But I, I think just the we should go in with the default of these mechanics are enableable, and I think this is definitely going to gonna be there. And those are good payoffs. I think Snooping News yeah. being a 3-3 lifelink, getting a 5-5 flyer, I'm pretty excited about this. I am too. And I like that there's like, it feels like there's these little pockets of synergy rather than this very like, you know, A plus B, like do this thing and then get these payoffs for that thing. Yes, I did half of a practice draft. I had to actually leave in the middle of it when I was wow. doing it on stream. Bad form, I know. Sorry to everyone that was in, in that stream, but it felt very, I, I was expecting it to be a little more streamlined and there was a lot of bleed and I was very happy with every single piece of fixing that I'd picked up. That's cool. Yeah, that feels like the drafting, you know, especially coming off of um, a format where perhaps the drafts weren't that interesting, that it felt pretty solved for a long time. I would say that I'm looking forward to something that's going to feel a little bit more fluid. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly the word I was thinking of was fluid. Uh, next up, we've got casualty. So this is the uh, the effect that's on spells that lets you sack a thing with the power, whatever it says, casualty one or two um, to copy that spell. There are nine cards that have casualty, five at common and four at uncommon. And that distribution is four black, three blue and two red. And again, there's no cards that care about casualty, but the cards that we talked about earlier that care about you sacrificing creatures are going to care about casualty, as well as the different mana values in your graveyard. So that Maestro family lives at the intersection of those two allied color pairs caring about those things. And what sacrifice fodder do we have in the format? Well, that's the thing, right? So if there aren't cards that care about you casualtying, but there are cards that want you to sacrifice things, there's got to be good sacrifice fodder. And there's actually not that many, I don't think. So there's the eight eight blitz cards, but that's going to require a reasonable amount of mana to be able to blitz a creature out and cast your casualty spell, right? You're going to be in like the six, seven, eight mana range before you're doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, that seems seems pretty late gamey. Um, we've got some sack fodder, though. I mean, there's so there's Broker's Veteran. This is one in a blue for a 2-1. When it dies, you put a shield counter on target creature you control. So not quite getting a full card potentially from that, but a shield counter could turn out to be a card, you know, trade with a removal spell or a creature or whatever. We've got Expendable Lackey, single blue for a 1-1, one, one, and it has the ability one in a blue, exile this from your graveyard, make a 1-1 one, one blue fish token with this creature can't be blocked. Uh, there's Corrupt Court Official, that's the, the Virus Beetle, one in a black 1-1, one, one. Uh, each opponent discards a card. We've also got Maestro's Initiate, two in a black for a 3-1, and you can pay four blue-red, exile this from your graveyard, draw two cards, then discard a card. So maybe you're okay sacrificing that, also potentially pitching it to connive so that that's a nice middle card there at the intersection of those two things also i just want to point out because i don't know if we'll end up talking about these later so there's this cycle of these commons that have these hybrid activated mana costs 
these aren't like secret gold cards, right? Because you're always going to be in a deck where you've got one of these colors next to it, right? You're never going to be in a black, white, green deck where you can't activate this ability. Or if you are, something has gone horrifically wrong. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Sorry. Yeah, like, I guess you've just completely ignored the multicolored cards and what the draft is trying to tell you to do if you end up there. We've also got Exhibition Magician. This is two in a red for the 2-1. When it ETBs, you choose one, you make a 1-1 one, one citizen or make a treasure token. Uh, there's Unlucky Witness. This is a single red for a 1-1. One, one. When it dies, you exile the top two cards of your library. Until your next end step, you may play one of those cards. And my last card here, another Sleeper, I think. This card oh, could yeah. Take a while. This is warm welcome. Could take a while for people to warm up to it, eh? Ugh, ugh, ugh. So, Two and a green so sorry. for sorry, listeners. <laughs> Two and a green for an instant. Look at the top five cards of your library. You can reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, and you make a one-one green and white citizen creature token. This is a three mana one-one with flash that draws you a creature. Yeah, very strong. This card is really good. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a sleeper for sure. Next up, alliance. What's going on there? We've got eight cards that have alliance: four common, four uncommon, four green, two white, two red. And I think the other thing that's worth paying attention to these because they've all got about eight, nine cards that have these mechanics. Usually they're concentrated in one of the three colors. So there's, I think there may be a something there too. Like if you're wanting mm. to do casualty sacrifice stuff, you really want to be base black. Or if you really want to connive, you want to be base blue. So we'll, we'll see how all that pans out. But I'm curious if each of the colors, in addition to the families, end up lending themselves to more shenanigans with the the family mechanic. Okay, that's that's good. We'll have to keep an eye on that. So as far as alliance cards, I mean, they just want you to have creatures entering the battlefield. First up as one of the premium ones, I think we've got Sizzling Soloist. This is three in a red for a three two. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. If it's the second time this ability is resolved this turn, that creature attacks during its controller's next combat phase if able. Uh, we got a pair of three mana three twos, one in green, one in red, Social Climber and Witty Roastmaster. They have opposite alliance abilities. Social Climber gains you a life and Witty Roastmaster deals a damage to each opponent. And this one's weird. There's not really an intersection like we talked about with the mm. other ones with alliance. Like there's not a ton of overlap between the Cabaretti and the brokers in white green. Like ostensibly it's the citizens and the citizen tokens in white green, but that doesn't really have much to do with the shield counters or necessarily creatures entering the battlefield. So I think alliance is kind of its own self-contained thing. And there are ways to get multiple creatures entering the battlefield to trigger your alliance multiple times. So just wanted to make sure that we hit those. We've got Cabaretti Charm, which is the Cabaretti Charm, obviously, in the name. <laughs> Red, green, <Thanks>. white. Superior <laughs> analysis whoa, whoa, there. Good whoa, job, whoa, Ben. Whoa. Oh, slow down, Ben. <laughs> it's an instant. You choose one. Deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. And you can make the mode we care about the most, two one one green and white citizen creature tokens at instant speed. There's Exhibition Magician, which is two in red for a two one at common. When it ETBs, you choose one. You can add, either make a treasure token or make a one one green and white citizen creature token. We've got Mage's Attendant, two and a white for a three two ETBs with a one one blue wizard token along with it that you can pay one, sack this creature, counter target non creature spell unless its controller pays one. And then there's, oh, I'm excited we get to talk about this cycle of cards here. 
There's Rakish Revelers, which is two red, green, white for a 5-3. When it ETBs, you make a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. But this is part of that cycle of uh, multicolored cards that you can pay to exile the card, make a land tap for one of the three colors of this card, of that family. So this is Cabaretti, uh, until it is cast from exile and you can cast this card for as long as it remains exiled. So you get to use this to fix your mana until you want to cast it basically yeah i am probably wrong but i'm a little lower on these than i was after looking at the whole set because you feel like you can't spend two mana to do this yeah i feel like they're tier two fixing i don't feel like either half of it that you get is really what you want like you're much more interested in the body than you are the fixing and yes it's nice to have the fixing as a backup plan but i don't think you want to spend your turn to doing this if you can avoid it and then that makes me think you don't want to just slam three or four of these in your deck you know they're not morphs they're not ramping you right i I don't know i'm probably wrong and these are probably great but my i'm going into it a lot more skeptical of them than i was when i first saw them after looking at the entire set yeah i think that's right i think that's right because they're really over costed i feel like all of them all five of these don't feel like well but once you cast the thing you're getting good like this is a five mana five three with a one one like that's fine but like it's not exciting by any Mm. means i'm nervous that you're agreeing with me because we're either both going to be right or we're both going to get crucified uh should, should i should we hedge should i at least yeah just... you should you should say you like them let's hedge our bets <laughs> okay okay we've also got one of the sweetest cards in the set here in stimulus package this does it all two yeah. red green for an enchantment when it etbs you make two treasure tokens and you sacrifice a treasure to make a one one green and white citizen creature token at instant speed so as much treasure as you have you can turn them into citizens so that's just like you know you could just kill your opponent out of nowhere if you've got a couple witty roast masters um it gives you something to do with like other ways to make treasure of which there are quite a few in the format that's a really cool card yeah really cool card and red and green we'll see do you care about treasure like that's the red green thing but again it's weird in that a lot of those other blue white blue black they were at the intersection of the family mechanics and treasure is not really at the overlap of you know the alliance and the riveteers it's just kind of its own thing there you know what i mean yeah. All right. Let's talk about a few of these, you know, intersections or the allied color pairs, what they're doing. First up, we got shield counters. So eight cards total that have shield counters or can give them again, a, an even split of four common and four uncommon, three white, two blue, two green and one blue, white, green. And then you got Boon of Safety, which is sort of like the God's Willing variant. It gives the thing a shield counter instant speed and then scries one for a single white mana. And there are five cards that care about you having counters all in blue or white. And again, this is going to be that overlap between the brokers and the Obscura. First one of them is Celestial Regulator. This is one blue, white for a two, three flyer. When it ETBs, you choose target creature you don't control and tap it. But if you control a creature with a counter on it, whether that's plus one plus one or a shield, the chosen creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. We've also got Exotic Pets. This is one white blue for an instant. You create two 1-1 blue fish creature tokens with this creature can't be blocked. And then for each kind of counter among creatures you control, put a counter of that kind on either of those tokens. So potentially, this could be three mana for a 1-1 and a 2-2 with a shield counter. Yeah, card is very strong. Yeah, you're going to have to curve into it. But if you do the work, I think it's pretty good. I mean, just straight up three mana instant speed two one ones that are unblockable seems good. Yes. And lastly, we've got Metropolis Angel two white blue for the three one with flying. Whenever you attack with one or more creatures with counters on them, you draw a card. So huge payoff there. And you're going to be able to draw that card the turn you cast 
Metropolis Angel. Yeah, very sweet. Ooh, we got a return of treasure. Is this going to be uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realm 2.0 here with all these treasures? I don't think so because it's so good. I think everybody's going to be fighting over the treasure, but I would have said that <laughs> about Adventures in Forgotten <laughs> Realms too, so who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, we've got stimulus package that we already talked about. There's a couple other cards in red green that care about you casting them with treasure or things like that. And then there's 12 cards that make treasure for you, mostly concentrated in red and green, a couple colorless treasure makers. Um, but two cards I really want to talk about Glittermonger, three and a green for the one four that taps to make a treasure token. That card seems really good to me. I'm surprised you don't like it. I mean, it's a spoiler. I believe it's my number three green common, but that's more of a. I don't know. I feel like it's part of my brand that I need to like this card more than it is that I, I want. <laughs> I wonder if it's actually going to be good. I hope it is, but we'll have to see. And then there's also Sticky Fingers, which is red for an aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature has menace. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. When enchanted creature dies, draw a card. All for I, the single red mana. I, I need to ask you a question, Ben. The, okay. The, the, the hottest take... I have read your tweet like 18 times. I was like, what is he talking about? You said, is this just Mox Diamond with upside? Yeah, you get to draw a card instead of discarding a card. How is this Mox Diamond? Because it's going to cost zero. The turn that you play it, <laughs> your creature connects and you make a treasure. Cost zero. And then you start, like it's like a Mox Diamond that comes into play tapped that you don't have to discard <laughs> a card for and you get a draw card. Uh, okay. All right. Sure. I mean, I'm sold. In all seriousness, I think this is a good card. Oh, I think it is too. I think in aggressive decks, it's going to be very snowball-y. I think yeah. if you build your deck right, and you're, I don't think you're going to want to pick it highly because you have to put it in the right deck with the right curve, yada, 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 all the appropriate disclaimers. But I think if you have those things line up, Sticky Fingers is going to be very good in that style of deck. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that card is is quite good for sure. All right, that takes us to Fixing, which is... I think from what I can tell, there is not a lot of fixing and it is going to be high pick. So we have mm -hmm. the aforementioned treasure. There's the cycle of family commons that can all exile to make a land tap for that color of mana, much like uh, we saw the rakish revelers. But past that, there's only the cycle of evolving wild lands, the family complexes that are like ETB you sack to get like a white, a blue or a black for Obscura, for example. There's the allied tap lands that ETB tapped, and then later on you can sack them to draw a card. And that's about it. There's not like green gets all the fixing to search yeah. up whatever basics you want. You're going to need to invest in fixing. And I think the sack lands are going to be incredibly high picks because there's overlap, right? Like the, the one that sacks for an island, a swamp, or a mountain, you can also play, you can not only play that in Maestros, but you can play that in Obscura and just go find an island or a swamp, right? Well, or you're one of the other families and you just want to splash a card randomly. Right, like right. you're any fixing that you pick up, you're probably likely to be able to use. And even if you don't necessarily end up using it, it's going to give you so much power and flexibility during the draft. Yeah, I think uh, I think those are going to be really high picks. And I initially graded them as C pluses, but I think I'm going to join you at B minus with all those. You love to hear it. Yeah. We've also got glittering stockpile here. This is two in a red taps to add red and you put a stash counter on it and you can pay and then you can and then it also has the ability tap sacrifice glittering stockpile at X man of any one color where X is the number of stash counters on glittering stockpile. So kind of a one shot fixing there kind of a weird card. 
Yeah, that doesn't seem great to me. And then there's Courier's Briefcase, which is one in a green for an artifact treasure. When it ETBs, you can make a one. When it ETBs, you make a one-one green and white citizen creature token. You tap sack the briefcase to add a mana of any color so it is a treasure or you can also pay wooberg tap sack it to draw three cards and there's also that ominous parcel we looked at earlier which is the artifact that can deal mm. for i kind of yeah. like that so for example i was pretty low on ominous parcel which is like the one two well, mana tap like, search up a land it's a little clunky but yeah. honestly i think you'd prefer to be ominous parceling rather than playing those common three color cards that make your mana tap for one of any of their three colors, right? I think you're going to be playing those cards. I, yes, I, but more I, of a necessary yes, evil. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. We should stop well, doubling down. I'm uh, oh, I'm going to get crucified. <laughs> no, I just don't, I don't think those cards are bad, but I agree. I think it's a little like it's tough to spend two mana to do nothing these days in limited. I just don't think you can do it. But there is not a lot of fixing for it being a three color set. So you're you're going to have to pick fixing and pick it aggressively. Be prepared to spend picks. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway. All right, incidental life gain. We've got repeatable ways to do this highlighted, but I think moral of the story here for incidental life gain is there's not a ton of it. There's a lot of one-shot life gain as far as like gaining one life on some really good cards that you're just going to be playing anyway, but not a ton other than that. And as there's not really that's not really a theme of the set either, right? There's nothing that like really cares about gaining life either. Right. So you're, you're going to be getting like one to two to three life, I think, just per game by playing good cards. But that's about it. I wonder that that makes me feel like aggro stuff. Like I was a little skeptical of like Cabaretti or aggro in general, but that may just mean that those strategies are really good. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, next up, we'll look at some sweepers. So we've talked about Night Clubber already. That's the three mana, two, two at uncommon in black when it ETBs creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. So a little mini sweeper there. There's Depopulate. Two white white for a sorcery. Each player who controls a multicolored creature draws a card, then destroy all creatures. There's Structural Assault, which is three red red for a sorcery. This is rare. Destroy all artifacts. Then Structural Assault deals damage to each creature equal to the number of artifacts that were put into graveyards from the battlefield this turn. So I guess this combos with Treasure. Yeah, I think presumably. Okay. There's Corpse Explosion, one black red for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast a spell, exile a creature card from your graveyard. Corpse Explosion deals damage equal to the exiled card's power to each creature and each planeswalker. And last up, we've got Incandescent Aria, which is red, green, white for a sorcery. It deals three damage to each non-token creature. I gotta say, I'm not happy with the amount of sweepers that I'm seeing here. <laughs> I'm also not happy. But what are you gonna do? That's the format that we've been given, so be alert. Yeah, and and spread across a bunch of colors, right? Like having them in black, red, in white, in red, green, white. Like basically, like a any color combo can really have access to these. Yep. And then as far as mana sinks, there's just not good places to put mana. There's some equipment. <laughs> And a couple things about equipment that maybe could make it a little better than normal. There's not places to put mana. So I think that as a place to put mana is reasonable. I also, we haven't really talked about the shield counters yet. Mm -hmm. I wonder how good the shield counters are going to be. And if you're going to be incentivized to try to boost those creatures, power and toughness in some ways. So you have not played much Hearthstone. Is that true? That's true. I've played some, not much. I mean, Divine Shield is super powerful in Hearthstone. It's almost like you get double the creature when you get a divine shield on it, like you get double the amount of stats. So I'm going into it kind of optimistic about shield counters. Most of those creatures are very overcosted, but if you well, can augment them with equipment or plus one plus one counters, 
those augmentations become so much more valuable because of the shield counter that's going to be on there. I think shield counters on evasive things are going to be good, but the fact that shield counters get removed from any damage means that like, you know, you play your virus beetle and then just, you know, chump to trade with the shield counter or whatever your citizen token chumps to trade with the shield counter. Like, I think that's going to make it feel quite a bit worse because of how overcosted they are. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how they play out in Magic because in Hearthstone a lot of the attacks are random. I, I put battlegrounds, so it's much more valuable when you have the chance of your awesome divine shield creature running into their awesome creature without a divine shield, and that's not going to happen in Magic, right? Because your opponent gets to control what blocks what. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how all that plays out. Right, right, right. Okay, so we'll have to be on the lookout for if if the equipment is because it doesn't look great. Like there's some that I'm I'm interested in, but most of the equipment I was like, eh, looks kind of clunky. Right, that and there's unblockable fishes running around that maybe right. boost their power. So who knows? But there are not good places to put mana. There's that repeated conniving card, and other than that, there's there's barely anything. All right. Last up, we'll take a look at flying and flying hate. There are 16 creatures with flying uh, spread out uh, pretty much across all colors. Five in white, three in blue, two in black, two in blue, white, one in blue, black, two in white, blue, black, and one colorless. So all obscura cards here. No red flyers. We've also got gilded pinions, which is an equipment that gives flying. It's two mana to cast, two mana to equip. Equipped creature gets flying. And when it ETBs, you make a treasure token. There's also a majestic metamorphosis, aka suit up. This is two and a blue for an instant until end of turn target artifact or creature becomes a four, four angel artifact creature and gains flying. And then you draw a card. Wait, so you can just turn a treasure into a four, four. Turn treasure into a 4-4. Ooh, baby. Okay. And there's only two creatures with reach, one of which has secret reach, which is... The, <laughs> so there's the high-rise sawjack. That's the two and a green, two, three with reach. Whenever it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus two, plus O oh until end of turn. And then secret reach is Wrecking Crew. Yeah, Miley Cyrus is back four in a red for a 4-5 <laughs> with reach and trample. And then only one flying hate card. We got Broken Wings. Two and a green for an instant destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. I wonder, this might be main deckable. Ooh, I like it. Right? I mean, like, that's a lot of flying creatures. 16. Um, and then I think you're going to have artifacts and enchantments you want to blow up too. I don't know. I'm much more interested in gilded pinions to give my own stuff flying. Cobbled wings <laughs> for life, baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's take uh, one more ad break, and then we'll be back to talk about our grades. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. I've been not shy about sharing this on stream, but I don't actually think I've talked about it on the podcast yet. Uh, I was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes a few months ago, which is kind of a freak accident for someone in my age group, but can happen. And let me tell you, it's very stressful uh, trying to deal with, you know, figuring out monitoring your own blood sugar and definitely having some health complications along with that. And I can definitely sympathize with and have been dealing with a lot of these issues of sleeping too little and, and worrying about what I'm eating and worrying about my health in general. And it all adds up. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that, buddy. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, 
This is a reminder from us to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. We at Lords of Limited believe that therapy is a part of a healthy, normal lifestyle, and BetterHelp provides that service in an accessible way. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Lords of Limited listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com lords. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash lords. And now back to the show. All right, we're back here to talk about our cards that have gradation differences between the cards that you and I graded individually. And before we get into that, we want to go over the grading scale. We have borrowed the limited resources grading scale, as do so many other content creators. So we're going to start off with the A's. Those are your bombs, your game winners, good in many situations, especially when you're behind some of the best cards in the set, bomb rares, and hyper-efficient removal spells. So that's cards like A.O. the Dawn Sky, Inventive Iteration, Blossom Prancer, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Your B's are the strong cards that pull you into a color, make you want to play that color, reasons to be in a particular color or combination of colors, some of the best commons and good uncommons, such as Virus Beetle, Imperial Oath, Twin Shot Sniper, and Touch the Spirit Realm. Your C's are solid playables, the meat and potatoes of a limited deck, very interchangeable, and your average creatures, normal removal spells, cards like Era of Enlightenment, Geothermal Kami, Tawashi Song Shaper, and Moon Snare Specialist. Your Ds are sometimes playable below average 22nd, 23rd type cards. Things like Dragonfly Suit, Akironin, Heir of the Ancient Fang, and Reckoner's Bargain. Your Fs, these are your unplayables, cards you should never put in your deck. Weird rares like Invoke Calamity, March of Burgeoning Life, and the Dragon Kami Reborn. Sideboard cards are cards that don't make the main deck. When you board them in, can be quite good. Things like Lucky Offering, Spell Pierce. <laughs> Reckoner Shakedown and Explosive Entry. Uh, build around cards. Cards that don't do much on their own, but when you build around them can be good to great. They warp your pick order. Cards like Oni Cult Anvil, Spirit Sisters Call, or Brilliant Restoration. And finally, we've got Synergy Cards, which are cards that are not good enough to build around per se, but they provide very good synergy if they're in the right deck. Things like Experimental Synthesizer, Kami of Terrible Secrets, or Iron Apprentice. All right, Ben, you got your dukes up. I to, am ready. Ready to go to the streets here. All right. Or, or what is it? Go to the mattresses. If we're going to gonna use a, a Godfather reference. Can I confess something to you? Oh, no. I've never seen any of the Godfather movies. <laughs> I mean, you should. You, you should. I know. I feel like it's like not having seen Star Wars. I need to do it. Agreed. Especially with Streets of New Capenna out as a magic content creator. Got to gotta shore that up. All right. First up here, we've got a white card we talked about last week that uh, I'm actually, I feel like we've swapped our, our feelings on. It's Rafine's Guidance, single white for an aura. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one. And you can cast Rafine's Guidance from your graveyard by paying two and a white rather than paying its mana cost. I gave this a C. You gave it a D plus. So I guess I'll try and talk you up here in my my uh, my rare card here where I have a higher grade. I do really like this with um, with the looting mechanic with connive. I think that's pretty sweet to have something you can pitch for free effectively to get the plus one plus one counter because you want to pitch a, a non-land for that. Um, and then you just have this hanging around. It's in a color that has, you know, maybe you've got those unblockable fishies. I think this card's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's when you're going to play it. The question is going to be how good it is. And if you're excited to include one or multiples, I would say you're probably going to be fine with a copy of this card in an obscure deck. So I don't like it that much. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with C here. Maybe I should give it a synergy C because it's really like I'm not playing this in a Cabaretti deck, but in Obscura, I think I'm going to really like it. Right. Synergy C. I think we're saying the same thing about the card with different grades. I think that's fair. Next up, we've got Backup Agent. You gave us a D plus. I gave us a C. This is one and a white for a one one. When it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. So I guess this has the like counter stuff. This is nice that this like helps that out. I just feel like I, I this card hasn't been good for a long time. This like two mana one one that puts a counter on something. Yeah, I agree, except I think the fact that you guaranteed get the counter and you get to put it wherever you want matters. So I think with shield counters, the plus one plus one counter could be more valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think you know you're going to have a counter guaranteed, like you're not going to have to pitch something from your hand. It's going to be interesting to see for me whether backup agent or Rafine's informant is better, which is the one in a white two one that when it ETBs, you connive. So I think the thing that backup agent does is guarantees you the plus one plus one counter and Rafine's Informant, if you build your deck right, you're probably also getting the plus one plus one counter, but it has to go on itself, and then it's going to be a 3-2, and it's still going to trade with your opponent's two drops. I think the backup agent also leaving itself around as a 1-1 one, one that you can then sacrifice to other things potentially, I, I think that could be better than normal. But I agree, this card has historically not been great. Yeah, that's fair. I like I like all the context considerations there. I'm going to stick with D+, but I think it has the potential to overperform for sure. So that takes us to Uncommons, where we've got Rumor Gatherer. You give us a C-, minus. I gave us a B-. minus. What's going on here? This is one white white for a 2-1 elf wizard at Uncommon, and it has Alliance. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you scry one. If this is the second time this ability has resolved this turn, draw a card instead. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking sticking with my take from last week about like this is a bad body for the mana. It's white white in a three color set, and I think Alliance wants to be an aggressive thing, and this is a like you know value engine. I just don't think this card's going to be that good. I could see one of the problems Alliance running into in Cabaretti is running out of gas, and this mm. is going to keep the gas flowing. I'm, anytime you cast one of those cards that makes two bodies, it replaces itself, which is really going to let you flood the board. And I think if you build your deck right, the white white shouldn't be that much of a consideration. So maybe this is C plus instead of B minus, like maybe it doesn't pull you into drafting Cabaretti, but I think you're going to be very happy to include this card if you can cast it reliably in a deck that can make two tokens per turn. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think that's possibly true, that that point about running out of gas, um, but, but I'm still a little, I'm, I, I don't know, I, I graded... Cards that are not good stats for their rate, I graded pretty harshly, and that could be I could that could end up biting me in the butt later on. But I'm just not excited about this card. That's fair. Moving on to blue. <laughs> when I looked at Ben's top commons tab, he had like two, and then in in the number three slot, he had question mark, question mark, question mark. So looking at uh, trying to figure out what blue commons are worth uh, worth drafting here. First up, we've got Backstreet Bruiser. I gave this a C, you gave it a D. So this is one and a blue for a 3-3 three, three with Defender. And as long as there are two or more counters among creatures you control, Backstreet Bruiser can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Look, I'm I'm a Moat Piranha stan now, Ben. I think uh, <laughs> I think two mana two mana three threes with Defender are are just good stat lines these days. I don't know. I mean, obviously Bamboo Grove Archer was like way better because it was an enchantment, because it had reach, because you could use it as a plummet effect, etc. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm I got my eye out on this Backstreet Bruiser. This does sort of have what was the green common the three three yeah. that couldn't Dra attack. Drowsing Drowsing Pteranodon? It's got some Drowsing Pteranodon vibes, actually. That's what I the, think, The yeah. more I look at it, 
especially if Obscura wants to beat down and be kind of tempo-y. I don't know. I could see it being a C. I'm coming up a little bit, at least to C minus. Okay. All right. Sweet. Moving on to Majestic Metamorphosis. This is the suit-up variant, two and a blue for the instant, and something becomes a 4-4 and gains flying. You give this a C plus. I give this a C minus. I think this is good. I mean, it's not going to be as good as suit-up because ninjutsu doesn't exist, but this is still just going to be good, right? It's going to be good. It's going to be significantly less good because ninjas don't exist because your opponents don't have to block. It's going to be clunkier. Maybe it's a C, but this is not suit-up. No, it's well, it is suit up, but it's not like in the context of a format where suit up is going to be so good. I could I'll go down to C. I still think it's better than a C minus. And I think four four is significantly less than four five. Yeah, yeah. We'll meet, in the middle, meet in the middle at C, but this is not suit up. I agree. Case the joint is up next. I gave this a C minus. You gave this a D. It says three and a blue for an instant. Draw two cards and look at the top card of each player's library. So I, I don't love this card. I agree that typically this would be kind of a D level card. But I do think the one thing that blue potentially has going for it that we haven't really touched <laughs> on at all is that there's a lot of instant speed effects in blue. And I could see, you know, especially like a Grixis control deck with casualty that can really operate at instant speed and make your opponent's life miserable. There's the counters. There's all the pieces. There's instant speed creatures. There's instant speed counters. There's instant speed card draw. So I think the mixture is there that maybe if blue's going to do some things that that style of blue deck is going to be good. The last time, like Scattered Thoughts was good in Vow, right? But that was a lot better, right? You got to like choose two of four cards at instant speed and then those two other cards went to the graveyard. I just thought four mana instant draw two cards just seems so bad to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm hoping that in the context of the format, the other cards around this will make this playable. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Next up, we've got Wing Shield Agent. Two and a blue for a 2-3 at Uncommon. It ETBs with a shield counter on it, and when it attacks, up to one other target creature gains flying until end of turn. I said C-, minus. you said C+. Yeah, I like this card a lot. I, you're fine with a 3-mana 2-3 in general, and Divine Shield, like this should cost 4-mana. If it comes yeah. to the Divine Shield, I think this is pretty undercosted, and it's awkward in that like it looks like an aggressive card, and I agree that it's not going to be great at doing what it says on the card, but I don't think that should make you punish it for just being a good card. I agree with everything you said, except you have to stop calling it Divine Shield. Okay, shield counters. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We're, pl we're playing magic here, not Hearthstone. Sorry, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to black. First common up is Extract the Truth. What's going on there? Okay, so this is one in a black for a sorcery. Choose one. Target opponent reveals their hand. You may choose a creature, enchantment, or planeswalker card from it. That player discards that card. Or target opponent sacrifices an enchantment. I said C. You said D minus. This I'm, is I'm shocking to me. You hate this kind of card normally. I do, but it's... So here's my, th my thinking. And maybe this is wrong because... I, the more I think about this, the more you do like the flexibility of... You know, when you have the three mana... You know, version of these cards oftentimes you want to nab removal more than you want to nab a creature but i was thinking like well don't you in the limited you're often wanting to get like a big creature out of their hand or whatever or stop them from curving out whatever you want to do but the fact that you only get to take creatures probably means this is bad this is probably i'm probably not going to play this card you can get enchantments too i mean it is cheap I could see it being better than I said, certainly. Like, maybe like, it's a D plus, C minus. How good is the enchantment edict gonna be? 
Like that's going to be the real tipping point for this card. Yeah, I don't know. Hard don't to say. Know. All right, maybe 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 I'll move down. I'll go down to C minus D. Maybe it's really a D plus. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting card. The fact that it's two mana, not three mana, had me had me thinking about it. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we've got Incriminate. This is one and a black for a sorcery. Choose two target creatures controlled by the same player. That player sacrifices one of them. You gave us a D. I gave this a C. I think the first copy of this, you're going to be fine to happy to include. This is going to be a solid playable type removal spell. I think the fact that this doesn't ever kill a thing you want to kill or the thing like, right, this is always going to kill their second best creature. I think that does not make this a good card. I don't think you're going to be happy playing this. I guess it's different than Mutiny in that like Mutiny could still kill the more important creature. Like if they had a bigger creature. I just I just don't see it. I I just think this card is super awkward. What if they've got two good creatures, though? Then you're just in big trouble and incriminate kills one of them for two mana. It's efficient. It is efficient. That is true. I mean, yeah, it's efficient, except like I don't like that. It's also something you can't play early in the game. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm very skeptical about this card. Definitely going to have diminishing returns. I'm sticking with the first copy of Incriminate is totally fine. All right. Next up on my removal hate list is Deal Gone Bad. <laughs> three and a black for an instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn, and target player mills three cards. I said C. You said B minus. I almost put Deal Gone Bad ahead of Murder in my black commons. What? <laughs> I think single black pip is real on this i think creatures are a lot smaller you can use this in combat still to kill bigger creatures milling three cards is going to be upside you're going to be trying to get the five mana cards five mana value cards online this helps you do that so it's going to be synergistic in the decks that care about that i think this has a lot of things going for it i am more excited about the mill three on this than i am about the minus three minus three four mana minus three minus three is not good I don't I like I think this is this is fine. Fine, not great. I think the mana cost for this is is too too big for me to be excited about this card. Wow. I really like Deal Gone Bad. So one of us is gonna be very wrong. <laughs> yeah, one of us is definitely gonna be wrong about this. Uh, moving on to the uncommons, we've got Rafine's Silencer. Two and a black for a one-one human assassin. When it enters the battlefield, it connives. And then when it dies, target creature and opponent controls gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is Rafine's silencer's power. I said B, you said C plus. Yeah, talk me up on this card. I mean, this just seems like a two for one plus synergy with, you know, um, I mean, maybe maybe it just loots away a land or whatever. But I think the amount of X ones in the format means that this is like this is going to be a problem on the battlefield. And then let's say you just sack it to something itself or get chumps or God forbid it can trade with something and then kill an X one or it trades with something and then kills an X two. This card just seemed like, I feel like anytime this is going to hit the battlefield for my opponent, I'm going to feel miserable. I'm going to be like, how do I do anything other than get two for one to buy this card? Sold. <laughs> B minus. I'm coming up. Great. All right, moving on to red in the commons. We've got big score. You give us a C minus. I give us a C plus. This is three and a red instant as an additional cost cast a spell discard a card. You draw two cards and create two treasure tokens. Honestly, I'm offended that I'm trying to talk you up on this card. I yeah, I I'm I'm wrong. I, I'm just wrong, right? I think so. The treasure is going to be very good. It's going to help yeah. you splash things. It's going to help you pitch cards you can't cast at the time. This card is going to do things. Yeah, I'll join you at C+. This card's good. Next up, we've got Plasma Jockey. 
This is three and a red for a three one. Whenever this attacks, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. And it's got blitz for two and a red. You gave us a C. I gave us a B minus. I love this card. This has serious goblin heel cutter vibes in that like same casting cost three one instead of a three two. But you can blitz it out for like damage pushing to draw a card. I think red looks very aggressive. And this looks like one of the better ways for red to be aggressive and to not get brick walled by random citizen tokens. Love this card. But this does get brick. <laughs> How does this not get brick walled by citizen tokens? You, you get use its one... ability on the citizen token. Okay, sure. And then I don't know, like you get one attack with this thing. I guess I'm more excited about blitzing it. I don't know. Again, I've just like really graded a four mana three one pretty harshly. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stick with C, but you, you can be, if, if you're right, this card's just going to be nutso. Yeah, it's either going to be very good or not very good. There's or, not yeah. going to be a lot of in between, I don't think. Right. It's either going to be really good or highly medium. Yes. Yeah. Moving on to the uncommons, we've got Sizzling Soloist, another uh, another aggro four drop here. Three and a red for a three two with Alliance. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. And then if this is the second time this ability is resolved, that creature attacks during its controller's next combat phase if able. I gave it a C. You gave it a B. This one I'll come up. I'll come up on this one. Yeah, this card is going to push so much damage, right? You play something yeah. that makes two bodies. Two creatures can't block. You swing out like you're pushing eight damage with this card. Right. And then, well, the the thing about this that I like a lot more than Plasma Jockey is this doesn't have to attack, right? If this has good attacks, great. But it doesn't have to attack for you to get that ability of not being able to block plus if you get it to resolve a second time that effectively removes that blocker again the following turn because that creature has to attack uh, i like this card a lot i'll come up to b minus all right finally a card that i like more than you pugnacious pugilist is three red red for an ogre warrior whenever it attacks you create a tapped and attacking one one red devil creature token with when this creature dies it deals one damage to a target and it has a blitz cost of three and a red i give this a b you gave it a c plus I think this card is just phenomenal. I like both parts of this. I like blitzing it out when that's going to be good. I like just casting it like five mana four four is going to have good attacks. And that one one red devil is going to be a real card. And God forbid you ever get to attack twice with this. Yeah. So we're, we're back to my patented tagline. Let me ask you this. Oh, with the first. What is this? We're like an hour five into the episode. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So. Girder Goons, which is the four and a black four four that whenever it dies, you get a tapped two two and you can blitz it out for three and a black. Uh -huh. You have you have that at C plus. How uh -huh. much better is he's ready, folks? Wow, he's ready. How much better is Pugnacious Pugilist than Girder Goons? I, I guess if I'm going by my grades, I would say <laughs> two two gradations. <laughs> two gradations better. Touche, touche. <laughs> um, so why do I think it's better? Because it, there is a pretty big difference of, you know, one, the, the ceiling of this card is much higher, right? Because there is a world where you get to attack with this twice, you, you know, maybe they chump it or you back it up with a combat trick or whatever, and then you're getting multiple devils. So this doesn't have to die for you to get the devil, whereas with the black common, it does have to die for you to get the 2-2. And so I think that makes this, you know, I think whatever, the ceiling of this 
being better, I think, uh, just makes that a lot better. Now, obviously, the the floor might be better on the other card, honestly, because you know you blitz it out, and then you're left with the two two. Whereas maybe you blitz this out, and they they have a way that they can just eat the devil for free or whatever, and so you're not really left with anything. So I could see that being the case, but I'm going to start with this being better. Yeah, I think the devils are going to be annoying enough with the amount of X ones. Also, yeah, yeah, I'm coming up. I'm, I'm B minus with you. Sweet. All right, moving on to green. We have one gradation difference in green. Social Climber, you give us a D plus. I gave us a C plus. This is two and a green for a three, two with alliance. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Talk to me. I could see this being very good. I think you are likely to gain four to six life from this over the course of a game. And I think a three drop, three two that gains you four or six life on ETB is a good tar. And granted, it doesn't do it on ETB. Like, but I think that's a way to think about it. Like similar to sagas, like you're going to get this gain life effect that is delayed. Well, that's if this isn't interacting in combat at all. Sure. Do you never want to attack or block with your three mana three twos? <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. My three mana three twos never want to engage in combat. I don't know. I just think this is whatever. This seems totally fine to me. Now, maybe the fact that there's not a lot of repeatable life gain and this is that is going to make this better. That's the like one concession, but just like on face value, I'm not excited about this card. Yeah, you're probably right. I'll come down to C. We got a few multicolored cards to take a look at here. First up, I'm probably wrong about this. Body Dropper. This is black red for the 2 2 at common. Whenever you sacrifice another creature, put a plus one plus one counter on Body Dropper. And you can also pay black red to sacrifice another creature to give it menace until end of turn. I said C plus. You said B. And honestly, I think I started at C. And then looked at your grade as a B and I was like, gosh, I was like, we'll, we'll still have to talk about this, but I guess I got to bring it up to C plus. Um, yeah, talk to me about this card and then I'll, I'll concede. It looks so good to me. It's exactly at the intersection of Riveteers and Maestros for what you should be as your base two colors, ideally. So mm-hmm. you should be playing it on turn two. And then this is going to grow into a two mana, three, three, four, four, five, five. Plus, it's a built in sack outlet. If you have things that you want to sacrifice to it, I, this card just looks like everything black red wants to do to me at common so you're going to be able to get multiples and grow multiples yeah if i if you can go like body dropper body dropper and then turn four you blitz something like you're just cooking i I, I, i'm 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 into this card i'm 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 coming up to be all right lastly on the multicolored we've got Kesa auger of agonies this is the obscura one white blue black for the three four and whenever you draw a card target opponent loses a life and you gain a life yeah, I said B, you said C+. I just think this is going to be a huge problem, especially if you have any evasive threats or whatever, if you've gotten in some chip damage, and then this just threatens to end the game. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm too low. I'm coming up to B- minus at least. Nice. All right, moving on to artifacts. Just a few more cards before we get to our top commons. We've got Quick Draw McGraw. Quick Draw Dagger here is three mana for an equipment with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. That creature gains first strike until end of turn. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one, and it has an equipped cost of one. I'm too low on this. I gave this a D plus. You gave this a C. I think you're right. Yeah, you can't like that blue uh, suit up common and the not like quick draw dagger. So this essentially like lets you win the combat, right? You mm-hmm. and then the card that you draw is a short sword. Yeah, that's yeah. already attached to your creature. I think quick draw dagger is good. The question is like how good, but you're gonna have to watch out for this card because if your opponent wins a combat with this, it's gonna be a pretty big advantage. 
I I totally agree. Yeah, I'm going to come up to see with you. And honestly, I could see it being better than that. You know, if you've got the unblockable fishes, like just I think this is going to do some things. I, I was knocking it for costing three mana, but the equip cost being one makes up for that. Next up, we've got Paragon of Modernity. You've got this at C. I've got this at D+. This is four mana for a 2-2 with flying, and it's got the activated ability of three mana. This gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. If exactly three colors of mana were spent to activate this ability, put a plus one, plus one counter on it instead. Yeah, I, I, I was like all ready to have to defend this because I was I knew that like throughout this whole review, I was going to be talking about like knocking cards for being a bad rate for the mana. And this is not a good rate for the mana. <laughs> but this is also a mana sink in a format with not a lot of mana sinks. And like, obviously, like, it's not going to be hard to get the plus and plus one counter on this. I, I could see this just like running away with the game. I could also see it just being embarrassing as a four mana two two flyer. I could see it either way too. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued by this card after I graded this before seeing how few mana sinks there were and how small creatures are. I don't know. Like you're never drafting this highly. You don't need to load up on them. Like you want, maybe you want one, but I feel like, I don't know, like in Strixhaven, there was that like four mana two one flyer that let you top a spell. And like, I know that card like ended up overperforming, I think like this could end up being like that. It's so funny that you graded this higher than me because I had your voice in my ear when I was putting the grade down for this, like four mana, two, two flyer. This is not good enough for four mana. <laughs> I know, but that's exactly, I know, I knew that that was going to be like, feels like I'm being hypocritical here, but I don't know this, this has, this intrigues me a little bit. I agree. I'll come up to C minus and okay. I can see it being better than that even. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. All right. It's my favorite part of the crash course let's talk about our top commons and uncommons in each color i am going in blind for the first time ever to this i don't yeah, know yeah. what your top commons are <laughs> well, let's uh let's kick things off with white number three i've got speak easy server this is four and a white for three through a flying and when it etbs you gain a life for each other creature you control Ooh, that did not make my top three, but I like that card a lot i think that like so what was it in our devastation there was a five mana three three flyer etb gain three i think this will be if this is gaining three you already have like a good board and so that's like probably still good for you um but even if this is just gaining like you know two or one like this is that's that's not not nothing for sure yeah. uh my, my number three is the catch em all gathering throng two and white for a three one when it enters the battlefield you may search your library for any number of cards named gathering throng reveal them put them into your hand then shuffle yeah gathering throng i think is quite good that is my number two white common i really 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 like that card especially in tandem with connive there's just a lot going on with gathering throng yeah i mean it's it's at a really good sweet spot and it makes me think of um oh gosh what was it called the conquistador from uh from rivals of ixalan and ixalan which was a three mana two two catch them all and that was a vampire so it had relevant types this is a citizen which is going to be relevant like i just think that's going to going to be really good my number one i guess we should hear your number two right oh my number two is rafine's informant that's one and a white for the two one when it etbs you connive yeah i'm a little lower on that card i think the card's fine and it's either going to be i think again very good or kind of meh i don't think there's going to be a lot of in between yeah i think that's definitely fair i mean it's there is room for this and the the white creature that we talked about the two drop that puts a counter on stuff like if both of these are good that's going to be great for white yes and number one i have to assume we are lined up this card is busted in half inspiring overseer two and a white for a two one with flying when it etbs you gain a life and draw a card yep this card is ridiculous best common probably right definitely right yeah 
Uh, looking at the uncommons, I've got Citizen's Crowbar in the number two slot. One and a white for an equipment. When ETBs create a 1-1 one, one green and white Citizen Creature token, then attach Citizen's Crowbar to it. It has an equip cost of two, and equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has white tap sack Citizen's Crowbar, destroy target artifact or enchantment. That was my number two as well. My number one is Mage's Attendant. Two and a white for the 3-2. When it ETBs, you make a wizard token with one sacrifices creature, counter target non-creature spell, unless its controller pays one. We're all lined up. That's my number one as well. All right, moving on to blue. I just, I abstained from putting a third <laughs> blue comment. I was so offended at blue's comments. I put uh, Obscura Initiate in the number three slot. That's two and a blue for the 2-2 flyer. You can pay one and a white-black hybrid to give it lifelink until end of turn. That's got some, like, Karen of Hope vibes here. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to put your boy Backstreet Bruiser in my number three slot as a as a dark horse. Oh, the Moat Piranhas. Yeah, that's going to be my number three. Love it, love it. Backstreet Bruiser, third best blue common for me. Sounds good. All right, what's your number two? Uh, I've got Run Out of Town. This is three and a blue for an instant. The owner of Target Non-Land Permanent puts it on the top or bottom of their library. Ooh, we're both making the same hot take. That is my number two. I could see that being number one, uh, but... I don't think so. I I don't know. It's going to be close. And the number one, I've got Expendable Lackey, which is blue for a 1-1, one, one, and you can pay one and a blue exile this from your graveyard to make a fish token with this creature can't be blocked. Yeah, I mean, this card is just great like this is good sack fodder to copy your spells everything you want to do yeah this is good to pitch with uh what's called connive um i just think it's really good you're going to be able to self mill potentially in blue black as well if you got it in the maestros you're going to sack it to casualty this card is synergy written all over it yeah uh moving on to the uncommons i'm gonna have to adjust my number one but my number two here is psychic pickpocket four and a blue for a three two cephalid rogue when it etbs it connives and when it connives this way return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand that was my number two as well my number one is fairy vandal one and a blue for the one two with flash flying whenever you draw your second card each turn put a plus one plus one counter on fairy vandal yeah i'll join you with fairy vandal at number one that seems good All right, moving on to the Black Commons. My number three slot, I assume, is not in yours based on your scathing review of this card. I've got Deal Gone Bad. That's three and a black for the instant. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn, and target player mills three cards. You're right. I have that in my top three terrible Black Commons. Um, (laughs) My my number three... I really hope that card is great. (laughs) (laughs) My number three Black Common is Girder Goons. Four and a black for the four, four. When it dies, you make a tapped... 2-2 two, two black rogue creature token and it has a blitz cost of three and a black yeah i wanted to put that one in there i just but you put a terrible removal spell instead i, I did you're right <laughs> you got me but seriously though i think that that has some like might be significantly underrated at the start of the format vibes it's it's given me like diagraph horde vibes yes, here like, that's what that's the comparison really good. gonna make yeah yeah, yeah yeah i agree all right in the number two slot i've got murder one black black instant destroy target Ooh. creature Look at that hot take. I honestly did not want to put murder at number one, but I I caved and put it at number one. I'm excited. So I guess my number two is your number one, which is corrupt court official. This is one in a black one one when ETB's target opponent discards a card. I was so tilted when I saw that card previewed. (laughs) I was so ready to be done with Fire Speedle. So, but it's going to be like 
in the context, probably worse than Virus Beetle, but I still think in the context of the format, it does look like a 1-1 body is going to have a lot of applications. Yes, like it's going to brick X1s, which there are a lot of, and you're going to be able to sacrifice it to Casualty or your other mm-hmm. cards that you want to sacrifice things to in Black Red. This is going to be well, annoying. With, I think we're going to be in another format where like every piece of cardboard matters because Connive exists. So like you're just going to want as many resources as possible. And so just discarding a land or a spell is going to feel like a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Corrupt Court Official number one. You heard it here first, folks. I I like that. I I hope that I hope that's right, to be honest. Uh, Looking at the uncommons, I've got Rafine's Silencer at number two, two and a black for the one one. When it ETBs, it connives. And then when it dies, target creature and opponent controls gets minus X minus X until end of turn where X is Rafine's Silencer's power. Yeah, that card is great. That didn't make my list. I put Grizzly Sigil in the number two slot. That's black for the sorcery with casualty one. You choose a creature or planeswalker. If it was dealt non-combat damage this turn, it deals three damage to it and you gain three life. Otherwise, it deals one damage to it and you gain one life. Uh, Yeah, that did not make my uh, top two, but I like that card quite a bit. I assume we are lined up for number one with Knight Clubber, one black black for the two two. When it ETBs, creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one until end of turn, and it has blitz for two and a black. Yeah, that card is absurd, and it is also my number one. Yeah, that might be best uncommon territory. I, I think so. I think it's the best uncommon. Yeah. I mean, certainly monocolored. There's there's better multicolored uncommons. Sure, sure. All right, moving on to the red commons. I've got an honorable mention. Shout out to Sticky, <laughs> shout out to Sticky Fingers. You mean Mox uh, Diamond? Yeah, Mox Diamond. Red aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature has menace. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, make a treasure token. And when enchanted creature dies, you draw a card. That did not make my honorable mention list or my top three, but I like the card. All right, my number three is Plasma Jockey. That's the three and a red, three one. Whenever it attacks, target creature and opponent controls can't block. And it's got blitz for two and a red. Yeah, that didn't make my top three, but I'm, I'm a little scared right now for leaving it off. I've got Exhibition Magician in the number three slot, two and a red for the two one. When ETBs choose one, either make a one one citizen token or a treasure token. That's actually my number one. Woo, yeah, you, my uh, my number one didn't make your list, which is wild. Yeah, so what do you got going on in the number two slot? So in number two, I think we probably both have Strangle. And honestly, I would like to put Strangle below the two creatures that I have. Um, but there's a single red for the sorcery, deal three to target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, that was my number two as well. It's really efficient. So it's like hard to get low on this, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm making a hot take here with my number one is Mayhem Patrol. This is one in red for a one two with menace. When it attacks, target creature gets plus one plus zero oh until end of turn, and it has blitz for one in a red. This is a nice cheap blitz cost. Yeah, that card is very good. It might be better than Plasma Jockey. I was trying to find a way to put that on my list, but I liked Plasma Jockey too much. But I could easily see that being just insane. Those three creatures, like if you're if I'm right about Patrol and you're right about Plasma Jockey. I could see those three creatures being better than Strangle. Mm, that feels difficult to me. Strangle's so efficient. Yeah, but removal is so last year, Ben. <laughs> so last year, yeah. I mean, but like, look at Red's commons and then yeah. look at Blue's commons. Like, it's totally. a joke. Also, Blue has a real problem in the four drop slot, right? There's the like the run out of town at common. Then there's the bounce spell at uncommon. It's also four mana. There's sleep with the fishes, though. Maybe sleep with the fishes just stinks, but that's also four mana. Blue's got some some problems. They're all at instant speed, though. So your opponent's never going to know which terrible four mana value card you're going to cast. Well, those two sleep with the fishes isn't an instant. No, it's not. You're right. Yeah. What do you got going on with reds uncommons? 
In the number two slot, I've got Pyre Sledge Arsonist. This is two in a red for a 2-2, and it's got one tap, deals X damage to any target, where X is the number of permanents you've sacrificed this turn. Yeah, I like that card a lot. I hope that is good. That did not make my top two. I've got Riveteer's Requisitioner in the two slot, uh, one in a red for a 3-1. When it dies, you make a treasure token, and it has a blitz cost of two in a red. But maybe this just stinks because it's an X one? I don't know. I went back and forth between that that card was awesome and then terrible and settled (laughs) on it being just pretty good. So it didn't make my uncommons list. Okay. And number one, I've got the trombone man himself, sizzling soloist, the three and a red three, two, that whenever a creature enters the battlefield, Uh, control target creature can't block this turn. Yeah, that should be my number two, I guess. I have a pugnacious pugilist in my number one slot, the five mana four, four. When it attacks, you make a devil that's attacking as well. And then it has a blitz cost of three and a red. Sweet. Moving on to Green's Commons. I'm a little embarrassed about my number three now. I've got Social Climber, two and a green for a 3-2. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under my control, you gain a life. Why are you embarrassed? I don't know. I think it's probably wrong after talking to you about the card. Yeah. Uh, I've got Glittermonger at the number three slot. That's the three and a green, one, four, and it taps to make a treasure token. Here, Here's my problem with this card is that like it's awkward that so it's a four mana, one, four, so it's you want to block with it. So that means you're not making your first treasure until the following end step of your opponent, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I hope it's good, but like maybe repeatable treasure is just going to be good enough. But I think repeatable treasure is going to be good enough. OK, sweet. Yeah, I've got that actually as my number two. Ooh, okay. My number two is Warm Welcome. That's the two and a green instant. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom in a random order, and make a 1-1 citizen token. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I changed my answer. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I changed my order. Time out. Audible. Glittermonger 3. Warm Welcome 2. I, I'm joining you. Sorry about that. Okay. And then, uh, and then obviously, number one is Jewel Thief, two and a green 3-3 Vigilance Trample ETBs makes a treasure. Yeah, I forgot about Warm Welcome. All right. I warm, welcomes, warm Welcome's really good. Yes. So is, and so is Jewel Thief. Jewel Thief is absurd. Yeah, Jewel Thief is wildly good. All right, Green's Uncommons, the number two slot. What do you got? Courier's Briefcase with one and a green for the artifact treasure. ETBs makes a citizen token, tap sack it, add a mana of any color, or pay Wooberg, tap sack it to draw three cards. Ooh, that's actually my number one. Ooh. In my number two slot, I've got Venom Connoisseur. That's one and a green for a 2-2 human druid, and whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Venom Connoisseur gains death touch until end of turn, and if this is the second time this ability resolved, all creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Much like you are like embarrassed for me when you know you pick a, a one four that makes treasure and I don't. I cannot believe that Cleanup Crew is not in your top uncommons. This is four green green for six six. When ETBs choose one, destroy an artifact, destroy an enchantment, exile target card from a graveyard, or gain four life. I think I overcorrected. I I loved that card when I saw it, but I was trying to temper my my card evaluations. This is closer, I think, to Blossom Prancer than it is to, I mean, obviously Prancer had Reach, which was important, but then it is to Linworm because, I mean, having the choice to blow up an artifact or an enchantment is going to feel like a card. And then when you want to gain four life, you get to gain four life. I think this card's just phenomenal yeah i i just i i'm just audibling all of green i'm going with you on the green uncommons too i just blew it i blew it (laughs) we've also got um some lists of top multicolored commons and top multicolored uncommons it's weird because it's like a multicolored set but there's not actually like you know usually there's about 19 cards 
of a color at common. There's only 15 this time around. So it's not really that big of a hit in terms of you know ranking top commons or uncommons here. But we did want to talk about some of the multicolored cards. So what do we got going on there? All right. And my number three multicolored commons, I've got Celestial Regulator. That's one white blue for a two through with flying. And when it ETBs, choose target creature, you don't control and tap it. But if you have a creature with a counter on it, then you get the frost links. The creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Number two, we've got Jetmir's Fixer. This is red green for a two two. You can pay red green to give it plus one plus one until end of turn. But if mana from a treasure was spent to activate this ability, you can put a plus one plus one counter on it instead. Yeah, threat of activation on this I think is going to be very real and just a good place to dump treasures if you actually go ham on making treasures. Yeah, I agree. And the number one slot, we've got Body Dropper. That's the red-black for the 2-2. And whenever you sack another creature, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. And you can pay red-black, sack another creature to give it menace until end of turn. Yeah, it's it, all of those cards, like all three of those feel like uncommons to me. Yes, and they're, I think, very good and very good at doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Reasons to go ham on certain things. (laughs) Uh, Looking at the multicolored uncommons, we've got five ranked here in the number five slot. We've got exotic pets, one white blue for an instant. You make two of those blue fish creature tokens that can't be blocked. And then for each kind of counter among creatures you control, you put a counter of that kind on either of those tokens. Next up, we've got Metropolis Angel, which is two white blue for a 3-1 flying. And whenever you attack with one or more creatures with counters on them, draw a card. And in the number three slot, I can't believe I get the privilege of describing what this card does. This is Lagrella <laughs> the Magpie. Green, white, blue for a 2-3. When it ETBs, exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players until Lagrella leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, put two plus one plus one counters on it. So basically, this comes into play. You can exile a creature your opponent controls, and you can exile a creature you control. Um, You can do both, either, none of those things. And then uh, the reason you'd want to do it on a creature you control is because when Lagrella dies, that creature comes back with two counters on it. And you get the ETB. Yeah. All right. And the number two, we've got Stimulus Package. Two red-green for the enchantment. When ETBs, you make two treasure tokens. You can sack a treasure and make a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. I really hope this card is as insanely good as I think it is. It seems really strong. Like that... That card, the the Jetmere's Fixer, both of those make me think, huh, maybe maybe Glittermonger does have a place. That repeatable treasure does seem powerful. Yeah. And in the number one slot, we've got Corpse Appraiser. Blue, black, red for a 3-3 at Uncommon. When it ETBs, exile up to one target creature card from a graveyard. If a card is put into exile this way, look at the top three cards of your library, then put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Wizards finally almost figured out how to appropriately cast Organ Hoarder. yeah 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 it probably should still cost four honestly but at least there's some restrictions and it's a little bit harder to do this time around yeah that seems that seems fine to me and it's an uncommon so you're not going to see it every single draft yeah all right we made it we made it honestly that i think was like the most civil card disagreements we've ever had yeah i think we're getting better at evaluating cards Cards that would have tripped us up and we would have argued vehemently about, like, I would have used to have loved the green, like, plus two, plus two to all your creatures, and then mm. an extra plus, like, we're just better at evaluating cards, I think. What, what do you know? You do, do something for five years, maybe you get better <laughs> at it. <laughs> any any takeaways before we go here? 
Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I really like your evaluation of the overlapping things. That's making me really excited about the potential for this draft format, that it's going to be a lot of, you know, overlapping synergies, small pockets of synergy, and that leads to interesting draft decisions. Yeah, for sure. I think my, my two biggest takeaways from the crash course are one, how extremely important fixing is and how highly you're going to need to pick it. And two, I think just how small a lot of the creatures are and things that mess with X1s seem like they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. one toughness feels like a really dangerous place to be, especially if you want that creature to mess around in combat. Yeah. All right, great place to wrap us up. Go forth, conquer your Streets of New Capenna pre-releases and report back to us with all the screenshots and info that you get. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases or signing up for CFB Pro, please use the code LOL when you check out to let them know we sent you there. You can check us out streaming. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben's at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter, and you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.